Well, welcome back to the Miles Driven with me, Miles. And Sam, head of carpentry. Carpentry this week? Yep. Interesting. Are you are you made anything? Oh, yeah, actually, your shelf. <laughs> yeah, Sam has done me uh, for, the, for the studio office that we've got with the sort of, uh, if you've watched anything on our YouTube channel, you would have sort of seen the setup. Sam's done behind the scenes work. Yeah. Literally, it's behind the camera. <laughs> Integrated units. Yeah, very good work, I think. Um, sturdy hasn't fallen down I was going to say does in, everything we need in the few weeks it's been there it is still standing so there you go see we can mark that a down marked a... improvement on the one you built before <laughs> yeah, which that... swayed backwards and forwards but it did stay stood yeah only because we had to be very delicate when we moved around the desk yeah. if you hit the desk too hard it would have fallen over uh, if you did it quite hard yeah you'd have to hit this with a wrecking ball for it to fall over a wrecking ball I it... sat on it when it was in your kitchen <laughs> if anyone has a wrecking ball and they want to bring it to the studio then <laughs> absolutely <laughs> fine I shall show you where it is <laughs> Uh, so, this week, I want to talk about the British Motor Museum. Oh, do we have to talk like this now? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I should go and get my anorak. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just a, just an interesting point for if you're planning on visiting. If you go there, um, obviously I know you'll have to be a UK listener for this bit. I wonder if I know what you're going to say. No, you don't know what I'm going to okay. say. If you go there... Uh, you know how you, when you go to museums and stuff, they say, are oh, you a UK taxpayer? Right. And okay. then you get the question of, or you, if we have your postcode, we can get money out of the government, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. He said that. I said, yeah, okay. And uh, when he brought it up, he said, oh, well, if you do that, we give you, as an incentive for, for, for them to get, because obviously some people don't want to give their personal information. Mm -hmm. uh, as an incentive, you can have a second trip free. Wow, okay. And it's like 16 quid if you're for an adult ticket. So, well, Would you well, go again? Yeah. Okay. But that's because I'm me. I think yeah. The problem is with it, if you're averagely interested in cars and you have a yeah. family, there's enough... It, it's not big enough that you'll sort of be like, oh, I missed a load of things. Right. If you had three-ish hours, you could go around it it's only if you want to see particular things in greater detail and you start spending a bit of time looking at, mm -hmm. at you know uh one i think they had, they had like engines that were sort of cut in half and you could really have a look right at different details for certain manufacturers at that point obviously if you spend five or ten minutes looking at each one then yeah it's gonna you're gonna be there for a long time um, yeah didn't think too much of the lunch that i had I thought that's what you were going to bring up. I yeah. thought you were going to say, if you are going to go, take a packed lunch with you. Yeah. Uh, I have... Would you like to tell the ladies and gentlemen mm. what in the British Motor Museum was served for lunch? You could either have uh, Moroccan chicken with... Yep. A, a British staple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moroccan chicken with like couscous and a bit of bread, which I yep. didn't fancy. Yeah. Uh, and plus it was really cold. Like it was sort of snowing. Yeah. There. so yeah. it wasn't really at this that time of year when you go to that sort you don't of place, think oh couscous yeah <laughs> like there's snow on the ground it's minus degrees outside yeah. you've gone to a museum because it's like well it's really cold i better go and check this out uh i can be in the whole thing's indoors yeah so, uh, when someone sort of moroccan chicken with couscous mm, no that's the only that and soup are the only part of the menu. what was the soup can you remember was it at least like a sort of broccoli and Stilton or something no. like nice with a lot of flavour? No. Was it tomato? Oh, broccoli and Stilton. Oof. Broccoli and Stilton's a lovely soup. Got cheese in it, mate. I know. Most <laughs> normal people like cheese. Um, no, it wasn't plain. It wasn't like a tomato, but it wasn't... I think it was more like a leek and something. Oh, leek and potato? 
Mm. That's, that's, that's also a very Possibly. good soup. Possibly. Good soup. Yeah. Um, so, but a soup is not enough for me for lunch. No. As a starter for lunch, great. Yeah. But, so anyway, the other option you have is to eat off the kids' menu as <laughs> an adult-sized portion. So let me guess. You had... Now, I'm guessing there are the options where I'm guessing you could probably have fish fingers and something. I'm going to guess you had chicken nuggets, chips and beans. That's exactly. <laughs> quite, Which would, if that was on the literally. adult menu, you'd have chosen that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I genuinely, as I looked through this menu, because I looked at the sandwiches and they had some toasties and things like that, I was like... Oh, I've had one of those. Uh, okay, ham and cheese toast. Sorry, sorry. I've made, I've made that sound a lot better than it was. You could have a warm sandwich. Well, how, what do you mean by a warm sandwich? They would, what, take, they would take the sandwiches that were in the fridge. Right. And glance them in the direction of a microwave. Yes. No, they didn't microwave a sandwich. Uh, because they were so cold and it was such a cold day. Yeah. You could have that sandwich just brought up to room temperature. That's disgusting. Well, not in a bit microwave, surely. I mean, it, all the That's stuff's disgusting. <laughs> all the stuff's behind the, the. So I don't know what they were doing. <laughs> Maybe they were just rubbing it. <laughs> oh, so it's not a water. So it's not a, like a toasty then. It's no, no. Just literally a, a, the second I said it's it, not a cold sandwich. It, it, if there had been, even for me, if there had been a cheese and ham toasty yeah that's probably what i would have picked but no there, there, I, mm, no i don't think there was anything wow. like that it was but there were some very nice if you look i don't want to play them down too much there were some very nice sandwiches so if you're the sort of person that's quite happy with a sandwich for lunch <laughs> they had a really good selection of sort of sandwich fancy crisps and i think that's what most people must do a sandwich some tyrell's crisps yeah and a <laughs> you know coffee a tea or a um but for me it was no good because I a I want more food than that, especially <laughs> if I'm going to walk around for three hours. Uh, and b, <laughs> the selection of sandwiches were not miles esque. Right, I don't even think they were talking Sam-esque. like brie and cranberry. And... Yeah, they were the sort of things where there's a lot of in the title of them. Yeah, there's a lot going on. Yeah, <laughs> not not sort of like this is a chicken sandwich with mayo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, good chicken and bacon paste. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, there's nothing like that. It was more. Um, stuff that was quite fancy, and I, and I'm sure they they do really well because well it was busy when we were yeah. there. No one was making any sort of complaints. I was looking along the menu and I was like, okay, I found the kids menu. I wonder if I can just ask them for two children things. I really don't want this Moroccan chicken. <laughs> and then I read a little clause at the bottom that says you can have the children's meal as an adult portion. But honestly, I, the chicken I was like, I I, know, I don't know what you were expecting from the British Motor Museum. I was expecting. Mm, something a little bit better the problem was I, I sort of had it was still hungry and I left bits of it that just didn't take my fancy yeah but you so, are very fussy I am yeah so you know nothing against them that's more my own fussiness and I think I had a coffee and that was average average to, to poor <laughs> no no I put it in the average category it wasn't a fancy coffee shop that have spent some time making a really nice coffee but it wasn't uh small cafe that sort of just hang a little bit of instant coffee around the back and, yeah you know they weren't doing that they were doing proper machined coffee so fair play to them there now at the end of my food review yeah we then went and saw the cars okay <laughs> um we already had a little teaser on the last podcast about this yeah the the stuff that really caught my eye at the top of the british museum so there's the british museum uh, you've got the british motor museum and then you've got a separate building for jaguar and there were a lot of land rovers in there but i think it's just considered jaguar right okay. and in there they're also uh, following on from our previous podcast they're restoring vehicles in there mm-hmm. so 
but they obviously buy but them. But should they be? Well, this is the question, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they're obviously buying them, and then like, on the top floor, you've got a lot of vehicles that are waiting to be restored, I guess. Yeah. Because they're sort of just parked very, very close. Like they're not, they're not, you can look at them, but then they're clearly not been sort of shaped in ways that you can really walk around them very easily. Yeah. Uh, it's just because they've got lots of vehicles and they're trying to get them um, in sort of the condition where they can go into the museum, I mm -hmm. suppose. But on the, so you've got the ground level and then on the mezzanine level, they have a, a Vauxhall. Um, oh, yeah. Which, really in the sort of lapse of luxury there. Yeah. Oh, they had, and I mentioned it in the last podcast, the last, it's 2017. Uh, it's not a Vauxhall. It's a Holden. Right. And I want to be fair to the Aussies that listen. It's a Holden and I know it is, but the one that I looked at in the British Museum had a Vauxhall badge on it. So it, it was the Vauxhall VXR. Eight. A VXR 8S. Oh, that's okay. right. The GTRS. Right. So the very last of them, it was in green. Really. I looked at that vehicle and I thought, I cannot believe they didn't sell. Like, I just. Over here, you had the option between a grey Mercedes, a silver <laughs> BMW, you know, okay, M5, stuff like that. Very exciting. But this was the sort of car that if you pulled up in anywhere that, that had a remote interest in cars or a local you know shopping center or whatever else yeah and you're looking around at varying degrees of german cars from base to the absolute top most people can't tell the difference yeah this thing just it held my attention for so long I really cannot believe that people just ignored them when they were here yeah but I think it's because it had a Vauxhall badge uh, yeah, uh, do you know they, they probably should have stuck a Holden badge on it? Yeah, because that would have actually carried some brand cachet to them. Uh, they could have even put a Chevy badge on it, and that would have gone. Oh, it's a Chevy. Oh, okay. Oh, Chevrolet. Oh, yeah. It just. I don't know what stopped people apart from the badge because you look at it, it doesn't look like any other part of Vauxhall's range because it isn't. <laughs> you know, it's it's a Holden and it was built there and it's made there and it, it yeah it's just sent here sort of in a box. Yeah, <laughs> but it, you know you've got. An LSV8, a manual gearbox, a bucket seat that looks like you could disappear in it, and this just a proper family vehicle. Like if you brought it home and you're a a guy with a, a small family and a wife, and you know your wife's not that int interested in cars, or you're the opposite, you're the wife and you've got a husband, and you said, and you know your brief was go and buy a family car. I don't care what it is, as long as it's got back doors and good room. Yeah, you could have. Put that on the driveway in green or orange and everyone would have thought, and your kids would have thought, well, I knew my dad was interested. Or I knew my <laughs> mum actually. I knew she was interested. <laughs> yeah. And every time you would have started a thing that they're not into it, what you basically have is a rocket ship that, that thunders its way along. Because it wouldn't have been the fastest thing on the road, and that's why people bought the M5 and the yeah. C6, uh, sorry, the E63, because they were faster. Mm -hmm. But you know what? When you're talking about 6-litre V8 on the road, like, you know... I would add that they're just not very practical to own, unless they've got a quiet start function. Yeah, they didn't have a quiet start function. See, I'd be embarrassed to start it on the street. I know, but then... You have to think of it another way of if your neighbour was interested in cars, they probably wouldn't mind. Well, they probably would when I was leaving for work at half six in the morning. 
Yeah, but it's not it's not like a van, a clattery van starting. This is like the thrum of a V8. Yeah, that's what I mean. As long as it's reasonably quiet on start, then... Oh, it's start-up, it won't be. It's well, cold, exactly. It's a cold start. <laughs> this is my point. You'd have to park it out the street. Um, yeah, I think we have... See, this is the problem, is there is an intolerance that has grown, especially because of larger... Uh, because people have started to tune vehicles to make ludicrous amounts of noise yeah. at all times. They've all been put into the SAM, same um, sort of... Oh, we're calling it the SAM bracket now, yeah, aren't we? Are, we? You might as well call it the SAM bracket because <laughs> these things annoy SAM like you wouldn't believe. <laughs> yeah, they would at but, half six in the morning. But that used to be the acceptable thing of, well, you know, if you just... I mean, the manufacturers don't make them so that it's ridiculous on startup unless it's a Ferrari. Yeah. Or an Aston Martin or something. At which point you're probably not living on a residential street anyway. And if you are, they, they've also probably got Ferraris and Aston Martins. <laughs> yeah. And so, and you're also probably not taking it out at 6.30 in the morning. No. Maybe in a summer's morning. But mm. otherwise, it's not your Tuesday morning commute. No. That's, you know, that'll be another vehicle. Mm -hmm. um, but the problem is that it's grown this general intolerance to cars. Yeah. And unfortunately, if you have anything more than four cylinders, it's going to be noisier starting because it's a bigger engine. If you have anything performance or orientated, it's going to be louder because you can't design an exhaust to bit well, okay, depending on how much money you've got, you can design an exhaust <laughs> to have two very different functions. You can fit butterfly valves in it. You can have it so that it you know has to go through ten silences and then has a bypass otherwise. But realistically, with all the emissions stuff you have to get through, yeah, you can only have a middle ground ish. Um, the Mustang, actually, I think in the later models of the what would now be the previous generation, they had this um, quiet start function. Yeah, home start. A lot of cars like got a home, home start. start now, yeah, they? and it's so that you could, you know, if you were setting off at five o'clock in the morning to go to the yeah um, uh, go to the airport or something, you didn't wake up the whole street. But I think a production V8 it makes more noise than you know uh, a four cylinder whatever. But they're not so loud that it's offensive. Like, I think it's all, okay. it's about the frequency. I think when you have these, when you have people that have chopped their exhaust in half, yeah, there's like it's never been to a sound engineer who's worried about the frequency. <laughs> yeah. When you have something like you know this this hot box or oh, sorry this hot Holden, yeah, or you have you know a Ford Mustang, it goes to someone. They say, look, we want it to be loud, we want it to be noisy, we want it to have scream and shout and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, but. Can you make it so that the frequency on startup isn't just like beyond annoying for the neighbours, um, but it it still would have that thrum, and yeah, well, that's fair. I don't mind that. Do you know what? I'd be really interested. I'm trying to think if I could get hold of uh, some sort of performance V8 and put it on your driveway and start it because I I would just be really interested though if you could actually hear it. Oh, I bet I could. <laughs> <laughs> I bet I could. <laughs> yeah. I have this with my engine, but because I've got a V8 diesel, it is noisier than a lot of diesels because it's a larger engine. Yeah. Um, and the trouble is, if you want to take care of it, you do need to let it warm up. You do need to let it cool down. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, I mean, a diesel engine always is a bit noisy, especially when it's cold. Yeah. Um, but it is something I think about because particularly if you get home very late and you're like, I don't want to just shut it down because it's, it's not really what it's, you know, it just does need 30 <laughs> seconds to circulate this oil and, you know, preferably a little bit longer. 
but at the same time i'm probably keeping everyone awake and then i think about it i think i never hear cars where i live unless they have had someone take a saw through their exhaust well yeah then yeah that's when it starts um, to be really annoying isn't it yeah that's when as particularly and it depends where you live as well if you live somewhere between where you live and your neighbor's house because the garages are at the back you basically got a u-shape of yeah. sound resonance oh yeah so yeah. if you start something noisy it will just resonate off everything. even scraping my windscreen the other day i just scraped a tiny little hole that i could see through and then just slowly crept out of the street and then scraped my windscreen oh, really? off the street Sam is the most considerate man. Whereas his neighbour's there with a blowtorch. I'm a neighbour. My neighbour that I'm actually attached to is an idiot. <laughs> the one that I share a driver with is lovely, but the one that I actually live big, attached to. Big listener to the show, mate. Well, he can stop. <laughs> <laughs> You're not welcome here anymore. So anyway, um, they had then next to it, they had the Lotus Carlton, which was mm-hmm. pretty cool. Um, great to see one in the flesh. I had an opportunity I was doing classics. I think I've mentioned it before. There was one that came up, and I was really interested in going out to it. But there was someone else who was closer, yeah, and they got the opportunity to go out to it. I was a bit gutted about that. Um, they had the triple eight tuned Astra Coupe back Max Power days, really. Oh, okay, yeah. One, and it had like a, a body kit that was subtle because it's a manufacturer's body kit, but mm-hmm. today would be ludicrous, completely outrageous. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then some of the, some of the older uh, voxels that, if you're really into the voxel brand, you'd be very interested in. <laughs> the one that caught my eye is only because when I was very young at school, uh, a friend's mum had one. It was a voxel Calibra. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a 95, something yep. like that. I just remember, I think his mum was an estate agent or something. And it was, at the time, that was pretty much the coolest car. Yeah, of that the you'd whole. seen. <laughs> yeah, you know, just, you look at the car park and it's, Renault Five, yeah, and Ford Escorts, Mondeos. Uh, was no, Mondeo out? yeah, yeah, the, the early Mondeo yeah. would have been out. And then this thing that looked like someone had gone. Well, that could probably do two hundred and eighty miles an hour if on fire, yeah, in the sky, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, which today, when I looked at it again, I was like, it doesn't look so remarkable. But of course, it's nearly thirty years on, so you know, of course, it won't. But anyway. From there, um, there was a few really interesting things that I would say were made the visit worth it. Did they have any TVRs? They had one. What? I know, and it was a, it was a race vehicle as well. Well, where's all the TVRs then? Do you know what I think it is? I just don't think there's that, enough of them. And all I'd the owners, a Sabera, Cigaris, a Speed yeah. Twelve, and I think all the owners are like, I really would like to give you my car to put in the museum, but I also would really like to drive it. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> and TVR didn't make like. I wonder if you, how many there are to buy of these things. What, of like a... I'm I look I, at some TVRs and you can guess how many. I reckon are. if you looked at like a Tuscan, which would be one of the more popular ones, just a warning if you can't hear Sam, and I'll tell him now that he's... No, it's fine. I'm, I'm, ter- oh, he's I'm turning back to yeah. his microphone. Okay. Um, how many TVR Tuscans are there on Auto Trader? Eight. Oh, not bad. Nine. Really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I th- it's going to be single digits, I think, for almost all TVRs. Oh, actually, I don't even need to look at each one. I can just go on the thing and yeah, tell you. Yeah, it shows you. What do you reckon the most popular on auto trader is? I'll give you the ones that there are. Griffin. There's a 300M. Yeah. A, uh, a Sabera. Yeah. A Chimera. Griffith. Ooh. An S3. A Cigaris. A T350. And a Tuscan. Not the T350. Not the Tuscan. She's already done that. Could it be the... What was the... Um, just say the couple of the middle ones again. I've, I forgot what you said. 
the it... Sabera, the Chimera, the Griffith. And then one after that? The S3. Uh, Griffith. No, the Chimera with 26 oh, examples. Th- yeah, okay. Okay, fair enough. Whereas what you should be getting is the Cigaris. How many of them are there? Three. Are they all over 100,000 pounds? No, they're all around 70, actually. Wow. Yeah. Get yourself out with some. What you want is a Speed 12, but that's a race car, I think. I don't, there's none on Auto Trader. I think that is a race car, but I think TVR was the sort of company that would probably have just put license plates on it when it was new. Yeah. Called the DVLA <laughs> yeah. and said, we've checked and this car is road legal. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. It has indicators and everything. It has a uh, way of indicating. <laughs> yeah. The arm De- out the window. <laughs> with, with, depending on which side of the exhausts are on fire, <laughs> that's yeah. the direction of travel. Um. Yeah, there was only one TVR. There was a good mini collection, if you're interested in minis. They yeah. had a couple of movie cars, um, which, if you haven't yet watched it, we've got a YouTube video, which is famous. We do. Famous. TV. <laughs> well, the YouTube video that yeah, is famous. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, it was TV and film, wasn't it? Um, yes. Um, cars, which was a thing we did for YouTube. So if you want to check that out, you can do. Um, yeah, they had like the old Only Fools and Horses three-wheel van. They had oh, okay. Penelope from uh, Thunderbirds. Yep. The Rolls Royce. Right. So what's funny is for the films, it wasn't a Rolls Royce. Oh, really? Do you want to know who made the car? I don't know. It's not a luxury brand. No, I don't imagine it was. Ford. Oh, okay. <laughs> I think it was based on a Ford Mercury or something. It said on oh, there right. and they put an extra set of front wheels on and stuff like that. Yeah, because it was One six the... wheels, wasn't it? Yeah, was six the... wheels. Yeah. One of the really interesting cars that were there was a... It was a land. It had Land Rover badges all over it, but it was from Total Recall. Didn't even realise that they were the original. The new one or the old one? The old. If it was one. Total Recall, it would be the old one. Yeah, it was the old one, and apparently Land Rover had got a classic Land Rover. They got a Defender. Yeah. They put a Rover V8 in it, okay. and then they put the body of something that looks like it comes out of the year two thousand seven hundred. Oh really? Top of it. Yeah, <laughs> and it was the Robo taxis. Oh yeah, yeah. They were all Land Rovers. <laughs> I didn't, you know, I didn't really pay any attention to the film. But yeah, they've got the the vehicle there. Um, there's a good Land Rover showing. Uh, quite a few Defenders that are on tracks mm-hmm. instead of wheels. They've got tracks on them. Uh, few famous vehicles. I'm just trying to think. They had the the Rolls, uh, sorry, the Range Rover that um, was the P38, the one that the Queen stood on the back of. Oh, okay. So it doesn't have. It sort of has a roof just for the driver. Yeah. And then the, all the back of it is completely open. Right. And it's it has seats there, but so that royals could stand. Okay. Um. Did they have? Oh, and they had the Range Stormer. Do you remember the concept oh, yeah. car for the Range Rover? <laughs> yeah, Storm? yeah. Yeah, the orange, the Vesuvius orange. Oh, that's taking you back. It has because yeah. the, the first buyer's guide we did was the Range Rover Sport, mm-hmm. and the first car that you see pop up. Is the Vesuvius Orange Range Rover yeah. Storm? Uh, sorry, Ranger Stormer. Or yeah. Range Stormer. <laughs> so I just looked across the museum. I was like, "How weird to see it." Yeah, like, I've seen it in pictures like so many times, mm-hmm. but just see it there. And what's funny is when you look at concept cars that are built, and you sort of, you look through the windows and you've seen the pictures that make them look futuristic and yeah. stylish, and then you're looking at the actual materials, and it was like the seat—they look fantastic in the. In the pictures. Yeah. But it was like someone had got thick cuts of le- leather. Right. And put like six of them together and made a <laughs> swooping shape that you can't adjust. Yeah. 
And you look, so it looks great in a photo. Yeah, yeah. But you think maybe a 10-year-old could sit there for three minutes, but a, a 30-year-old would be like, this shape is not correct for a human. Yeah. <laughs> and just get out. So it's a bit like when you have the food adverts and they like put like glue on the cheese. Yes, it's exactly that. When you have like a pizza advert and yeah. they lift it up and the cheese is really stringy because it's actually glue, yeah. not the cheese. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what else of interest for most? Oh, there was some really... I have to say, so far, you're not selling it hugely. Um... I'm trying to think if there's something that will really... Because there is a second bit of the museum, which I'll come to in just a second. Right. There is... Oh, well, there, there, okay, there is uh, a selection of E-type and okay. D-type. Okay. Com some of them competitive. I think one of them was driven by a one of the famous British um, uh, races, but I can't remember which one it was. They had an MG there, concept car, that looked... well, that's obviously the bit that you were interested in. Do you know what was, was amazing? They had this MG concept car that was like a Corvette. It was like a 90s concept car. You know, Ro yeah. Rover were... Uh, sorry, they weren't um, in with Rover at the time. But MG were not in great financial circumstances at the time. No. And their vision... I, I, you just have to love the British sometimes because we are the ultimate underdogs. So you're there. I'm sure there are accountants that says we are losing money hand over fist. We pretty much can pay for the lights stay on for another 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. And so they've said, right, 10 minutes. Right, let's make a competitive car to a Corvette. Someone gets <laughs> sculpting. And you saw this car. <laughs> Typical, like, obviously it never made production. Yeah. It's on a plinth in there and it's great to see it. But it was very fitting that one of the front tyres was practically flat <laughs> i looked at it, it really like, epitomizes it, the company it really did you're looking at it and you think wow like that's where they that's where their vision was yeah and that's where they thought they would go and what they became with mg rover <laughs> carried on making the mgtf and then moved to china which yeah. now makes mgs that are british <laughs> yeah uh yeah anyone who thinks that an mg is still a british make they actually are called the um oh i've forgotten the the mighty goliaths no, they have they have a Chinese name. So they're not called MGs over there, I don't think. Oh, okay. So you have to search and I can't Yeah, I can't remember it because when we were looking for what the new MGs would be when we were Sam Sam keeps making lots of noise on my I just desk touched and squeaking stuff. It's, Miles has put his shredder under the desk, so I was just trying to move my feet. And uh, I, I believe you were the one that reorganized the studio. Yeah, only because your idea of organising a studio is I'll just chuck it anywhere that isn't in my immediate field of vision yes. and yeah. someone else can deal with it. Um, yeah, what was I saying? They had... Uh, uh, Chinese MGs. Yeah, so when we used to search to do news stories for my old job, yeah, um, when we were looking for like the latest MG, you would look at the Chinese brand because mm -hmm. their press would usually have it a little bit before us. Yes. And it would be the Chinese version. And you could basically just translate what that was. Yeah. And then a week later, you get, that's the new MG. Oh, yeah. Well, I'm not surprised. So, but yeah, at the top, you just see where MG were going and the history around them really was catching. You look at it and you think, oh, they, they really were on the right path. They tried. Was yeah. there any nobles there? No nobles. No. Right. They no. Utter, utter then disaster show. Over the road. So, yeah, you probably walk from. It was the actual museum. <laughs> <laughs> that's the. Jaguar Museum. So I say Jaguar, if you're on the lower floor, it's all Jaguars, but they do have 
above it a lot of Land Rovers because the brands are so mm-hmm. interlinked, you know, with engines and um, history. Yeah. Um, so above it, they, I wouldn't call it a Land Rover museum because they have a Land Rover exhibition in the main part. Okay. But if you want, to, if you're particularly interested in some old Land Rovers, for example, there was a Defender cut in half in the top. Oh, some people listening to the podcast is going yeah. to be crying at yeah. this point. And it was so you could see, you could see through the floor and like all the design of how they'd actually put the whole thing together. Yeah. So I guess it had to be, I mean, it may have been uh, one that would have been decommissioned for the road. Um, it could have even been like one of the old, I don't think it would have been a military one because they didn't have, this was a full body, you know, like it was, it yeah. was, um, okay. it was huge. I was stood next to it and I was only just a bit taller it and the length of it like you just look and you're leaning in you're yeah like, oh, this is a very large vehicle actually like yeah they are you know, you, yeah i know you see them on the road and you think oh they're, they're quite big you just know that what a defender is but mm-hmm. a full-size one when you look and you're thinking you could keep you know this is like some people's living rooms <laughs> <laughs> so once you go into the jaguar section there's a few interesting points one of them is they have uh, was it they have an aj v8 five liter they have the v12 that was in the xjs yeah they have the v8 one of the earlier v8s and they have the xj6 engine and then they have the newer ingenium uh, engines cut up so okay. just the ingenium ones not the, the older ones that i've mentioned uh they sort of have a, a section cut through so you can see the inner workings right which is really interesting to view i was stood there and there was a couple of uh tourists from asia somewhere they were speaking like uh, like, you know when you hear a language you're Mm -hmm. like oh that's definitely an asian language but i don't want to just say chinese because they could have been yeah you know i don't speak the language so and i don't know whether they were confused by that bit of the exhibition or interested (laughs) because they saw me looking in great detail because i was so i was like oh this is i'm really interested i had a question on one of the buyer's guides about the ingenium engine and I was like, this is actually an opportunity to see these yeah. inner workings, like how does the um, the coolant channel between the pistons, things like that. And uh, I either made the people that were stood there looking at them think they were more than they were, or they were really interested and I was in their way. Yeah, probably the latter. <laughs> One of those two things <laughs> was happening there, definitely. So um, they sort of shuffled off to look at the AJ one, then we swapped. Mm-hmm. Um Really interesting to see some of those, you know, when when an engine's completely out of a car like that, yeah, and you it's, can see it, more. The, when yeah. they've moved all the ancillaries off it as well. So you're just looking at the block and the head and mm-hmm. you know, a few bits around it. it it's uh, that's that's a good, especially if you're taking younger people there who probably have never seen, uh, yeah, and are interested or maybe interested. Then they had they had the Project Seven, Project Eight Jaguars. So that's the F. Uh, pay, uh, F-Type and the XE that were the hot versions. Yep, okay. Um, they had an F-Pace that had been barrel rolled. Interesting. Yeah, in the condition it was after. So it had been part of a stunt thing that yeah. Jaguar had done and they sort of, you know, one of the, the, the drivers launched it off of a sort of sideways ramp. Yeah. Got it to do a full sort of 360 land back on its wheels, but it's obviously got a little bit of damage on it. Which they've left. Yeah, for... that's cool. Yeah, that was cool. Um, Aston's. Aston is in. I saw one Aston there. Oh, it's just a Porsche. But 
It's poor. It was the Vanquish. Yeah. It was next to the McLaren. I think the problem is that... Yeah, see, I'm forgetting all of these things. <laughs> um, the problem I think any museum has for this is that the higher value stuff they just can't afford to buy. No, that's fair. So they have to rely on owners. And I think if you went there in the summer... So I've gone there in the dead of winter. Yeah. Because, I, you know, it's snowing outside, so this is a good place to go. I do wonder if you were there in the height of summer when they probably have more visitors, whether they have some of the more interest or, or they have more stock people bring know. some stuff in for them yeah maybe. I don't but know, then yeah. again if you think of it this way they're essentially free storing your car if yeah. you say to the museum you can have my car for six months they'll store it indoors over winter over, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, which is when you're not going to use yeah. a lot of these classics so so come on people in some Help ways because at the moment this is sounding like a terrible place to go <laughs> <laughs> uh, they had some great concepts they had the original lightweight concept that became the jaguar xk of the the latest generation that obviously is now discontinued they had the they had an s-type this thing should have gone made production it was an s-type coupe right that it looked like not quite corella deville i need someone meaner than corella deville someone who in a movie donald trump (laughs) <laughs> no, it had more class than that. <laughs> um, it it had this look about it that what's the guy he plays a baddie? He's got uh, in the Thor films, Tom Hiddleston. Is, is he, does name? he play the the brother who's like yeah Loki. bad guy? It, this was like his car. I'm gonna be really embarrassed if that's not his name, but I'm fairly sure that is his because name. this it had the presence of it. It had sort of some well, it had yeah, yeah it the the. Yeah. It is okay. He was on the Jaguar advert. He was on the Jaguar in the helicopter advert about yeah. being a bad guy. Yeah. yeah, this the this is the car they should have given him for that advert because right. it, you look at the front of it, and you know like classic um, Mercedes and Jaguar, like the the old old stuff. Mm-hmm. And you look and you think, oh, you'd you know, a Bentley, yeah, or you'd have had to be. You make your money, but you make it in the wrong way. If you yeah, that like car. the craze. Yes, exactly <laughs> that. This looked like a modern interpretation of that. So it was it was modern enough that you would say it was a early two thousands car. Yeah, but the styling that it had, I, it just stopped me. I looked at it for a minute. I thought, why is that not a production car? Why is that not a production? It just it caught my attention from fifty paces. Miles is almost selling the museum here. It's worth going just to <laughs> yeah. see this. What what really got it for me, and I, I don't need to hide this because if you've listened to our buyer's guide, they had the a very late 2019 Jaguar uh, XJ okay. in the corner. And I looked at that vehicle and I just thought, how on earth? Did, why is that not one of the most popular luxury cars that ever sold? You look at it, compared to an S-Class, a BMW, um, Audi A8, mm-hmm. which we recently did a yep. guide for. In fact, we've done a well. Guide. You hope <laughs> at the time of Sam... recording, it's not gone out yet. <laughs> Sam's come over to do the podcast, and I said, "I've just got to um, upload this video, mate. I'm just downloading it, and then I, onto the computer, and then I have to upload it." And Sam's gone, "Okay, how long will that take?" Oh, ten minutes, mate. Not, yeah, not a problem. But I've been here for About a grand hours. total of yeah, three hours, pretty much exactly. And it's completely frozen on my desktop. <laughs> I can't do anything with this. <laughs> um, but yes, yeah, so we've we've covered off a lot of the luxury brands. You look at an XJ, and you just—I can see why 
uh, I don't want to go into politics on it, but I can see why it's the Prime Minister's car. Yeah. I can see why anyone who sort of says, I want a large luxury saloon, but I also want something that says something about me. I mm-hmm. want to be let out of, of you know, um, actually, I don't, no, it's not for someone who cares, it's someone who doesn't care. Yeah. That's, that's the, the thing it has about it. And I walked up to it and I just thought, why? If, if this was an option to you, why did you buy a 7 Series? Yeah. Why, why did you buy an <laughs> S-Class? Like an S-Class is more luxurious in the way of it has more tech, maybe. Yeah. But at no point in your driving experience, in your comfort levels, would you be surpassed by this vehicle? And every time you park it anywhere, you would, you, you would look back at that car. You yeah. just would. Okay. It, it would never be just a, mo- a luxury mode of transport. Um, yeah, I spent a good few minutes looking at it. I just, it was a late one, so like, it was a, uh, still had a number plate on it, so it was 19. Mm-hmm. So one of the last that they put out. And I just thought, it has something about it that I don't know that many 2019 registered cars do. Yeah. And it's particularly because a lot of people buy SUVs, you know. Uh, so the market for this has shrunk and shrunk. And so you just, you just think, why? I, I understand it. It's more difficult to get into than a, you know, discovery sport. Yeah. That's the only downside to me. The, the, the ride would have been exemplary. Mm-hmm. Um, and it looks cool. It does. It just <laughs> looks, you know, if you were three, if you were 103, you'd <laughs> yeah. both look at that car and think, that looks cool. Yeah. It, it has something so special about it. But unfortunately, yeah, discontinued. Probably, you know, probably good in some ways because I don't know what Jaguar would have had to have done to compete with the monstrosities that are luxury yeah. saloons <laughs> yeah. today. But I would imagine it would have had to have had a grill that was the first 15 feet of the bonnet. Yeah, like they, um, Lady Penelope's car. Yeah, that's what it had to have been. They would have made yes, one of those that, in pink. Yes, <laughs> that would have been the new Jaguar XJ, yeah. Uh, so in in some ways seeing it there no so a score out of 10 a miles score out of 10 which is for a new thing for when we visit places the miles score what bumped it up for me when i went upstairs yeah and they had the land rovers okay they had a two-door concept version of the l405 range Rover. that's the one that's just gone out they never made a two-door but they had the concept one there yeah um and (laughs) typical brits that it tucked away in the far corner. It was the last thing I saw. And I didn't <laughs> didn't even notice that it was a two-door until I got close. And I was like, oh, this is really short. Oh, this isn't this isn't a regular L405 Range Rover. Yeah. This is one that's been built as a one-off. Mm-hmm. Not shown to anyone, shoved in a corner. Yeah. Oh, we'll put it somewhere in the exhibition at some point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so they... off the top of my head, the miles score for going places, meandering. Yeah. Intrigue, yeah. Length, eating, and substance. This is really go. good, Sam. That's not nice. bad off the top of my head, right. really. <laughs> go on, what the f- meandering? Meandering. So, what's it like for meandering? If you wanted to meander about for a few hours, out of ten, uh, I, I would give it a high score for that because you could just drift along. So, let's give it an eight. Okay, that. so an eight. You're going to have to average these at the end, Sam. Yeah. Yep. That would be my downfall. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. meandering, intrigue. Uh, if you're interested in British vehicles, then it's a nine. If you're not so interested just in British vehicles, then it's like a seven. So a seven. <laughs> Length. 
It is called the British Motor Museum. So if you've gone yeah. there expecting other <laughs> yeah. things, then you've maybe... Yeah. Uh, uh, Which is similar to meandering. Yeah, I think... But meandering's more like the, how does the flow of the place work? Like, is it easy to go from the beginning to the end without seeing, without missing anything? Yeah, you, you, you would struggle to miss things. Right, okay. Uh, so length is how long it takes to walk around. Uh, you could do the whole thing in three hours. Is that good? Or is that bad for? I would say it's expecting? good because it was like it's like the limit of for most people how long they're willing to just walk okay. around and so stand. Eight or nine? We'll give it an eight. Okay. Because I mean, I wouldn't have minded spending longer if there had been like like you said there was there was no TVR thing, no Aston Martin. Yeah. Look, there were a few cars, but they didn't have mm-hmm. a, a section for eating. Them. Three. Three. No, that's half. Four. Four. <laughs> <laughs> and what was the last one? What did I say? And, and I have to say, and I do want to say this because they were very, very kind in there. The, the cafe staff, the, the girl, the old yeah. girls behind her, were absolutely on top form. Okay, for the S, then we'll have service and substance. Uh, so quality of the staff and uh, quality and quality every, of the exhibits. Every single person that worked there, by one old guy that seemed to follow me around for an unknown reason while I was looking at Jaguars. Yeah, and, and then sort of block me in corners because he would stand behind two cars <laughs> after walk away around. And, but everyone there was either very enthusiastic about working for the museum yeah. or very, very jolly. So that, well, what was the other well, side Well, service and substance together. Um, so we're talking service is quality of staff and substance is quality of the exhibits. I would have liked to have seen more engines, yeah. but they did have a lot of vehicles that were cut up so you could see great detail. So I'm going to give them an eight. They would have got a nine. Okay, if, uh, so eight, eight, six. Right. Sam's law of averages. Let's see. I think that averages out at six point five. No. Seven. No. Yeah. What's your What's your total? It does. Got? No. It averages out at seven. It, it, does. it does. I give too it many. It just eight. does. <laughs> <laughs> you said Sam's law of averages, yeah. not how everybody measures okay. averages. That's fine. But that's no, it's fine. We can do it. Eight, sixteen, twenty-four, twenty-eight, thirty-five. Thirty-five divided by five is seven. Right. So. Correct. Would you give it? Seven. Well, well done, Sam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, seven out of ten seems a little bit harsh. Maybe it seems a, a little bit high from what you said for the last hour. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe a seven and a half out of ten. No, it's uh, a seven. The law of averages. The only thing I would seven. say is if you uh, if you want a bit of variety, there go are. somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> but as in, like, if you were, in, if it was, if I was comparing it to a summer car show, yeah. There would have been a lot more going on. However, there wouldn't have been, you know, just engines cut to pieces so you could see mm-hmm. greater detail. The only thing I would have liked a bit more from them is, you know, if we, if I was comparing it, what's happening in the winter to that, then that obviously is a 10. Because yeah. nothing's happening in the winter. And yeah, that's, that's you fair. Know, yeah. They're, they're keeping that thing open when, you know, it wasn't busy when I got there. No. It really wasn't busy. Um, the only thing that I think would have been a bit better would to have more space and expand some of the like like mm-hmm. i mean i didn't think of it when i was there but when you've brought up some of the manufacturers that are not there actually especially because it is in uh it's technically in coventry so it is a f- stone's throw from places like noble yeah. or stuff yeah. that people that have been making cars in sheds and they must have some spare stuff around even if they could just have uh, if, if they didn't have the car, but they could get an engine. Or just a bit um, of history on the company. Just an area yeah, with a bit of history and um, a VIN number. And maybe a few. <laughs> they they had a little cinema you can go into when you walk in, which I think is more for kids, but that would have been quite fun. 
Um, there was actually, while we were there, a kids' exhibition. Okay. Like, as in, I don't know, it was like two classes from a school, and they were sort of being shown around everything. And that, to be fair, and this is why I'd say for a family, really good. You know how we got taken stuff at school? Yeah. And eight times out of ten, it was just sort of like a chance to have a laugh with yeah. your mates not in school. Mm-hmm. All the kids there were really interested. Oh, that's good. Yeah, they were like, there was, because there was always something stimulating. Like, there's this car, then there's this car, then there's this car. Yeah, there's and, stuff them to keep them interested yeah. and stuff to look at. And so. they clearly only had like an hour or two to get around the exhibition. So there wasn't time to get bored. Yeah. Because if you try to do it in two hours, you basically have to rush around. Three, you've probably seen everything. Four, you've seen everything in detail. And then five is more like you want to have some lunch and make a day of it. Yeah. So, um, that's it. There British you go. Museum. Yeah. Uh, anything you want to add to this podcast, Sam? Uh, no, I wanted to add the miles score, which I did. You did? So Out of, out of, out of literally well. nowhere. Yeah, that was brilliant. Yeah. <laughs> All right, everyone. Well, thank you for listening. This will be, I think it's our second or third for this year. Yeah. Um, but we had to do a lot of pre-recording because I was going away. And because it's we very selfish. To... Well, it's also that, uh, as we've said many times, we have to do stuff for the YouTube side of it. We have to top, you know, um, top up the, refresh the website with new content. Yeah. And so sometimes we do have to put a few podcasts together and then release them so we can catch up with other stuff. And then before you know it, we're just chasing our tail. Yeah, exactly. Uh, do we think by the time this has come out, you are an employed person? Did I announce that I'd yes. left the... Yeah, did you I? mentioned it on one of the podcasts that came out a couple of weeks ago. So I no longer work in automotive yeah. media. Yeah, yeah, I remember you saying it. Oh, did I? Okay. You used it because you were talking about the Range Rover. Well, I mean, I do work in automotive media. I just work for the Miles Driven. Exactly. Maybe this will be the full-time job this, by then. Who knows? We're the... talking three or four weeks in the future. <laughs> yeah. One video uh, might have shot to the moon This by gets now. all of my attention at the minute because, yeah, my previous job, I got made redundant from because yeah. that is the British... Well, not sorry. That's the car media landscape at the moment. Yeah. Uh, probably. Ironically. I would say. Ironically, doing mm. this job mm. has made your other... The job you'd had sort of redundant. <laughs> There's too many people doing things like this. Yeah. Which is stopping people... But that's be- it. Buying the magazine. But you know what? We'll, we'll just have a minute on this before we finish. That is so true. Yeah. Like, there, there's so many people that are setting up and doing good. Like The thing is, there's been loads of people for a long period of time writing and doing stuff. Yeah. But the quality has, has prob- got so much better. It has. And particularly when you add in you know, video and people actually getting a bit of a following and people then saying, you know what? I trust this person because I haven't just read their words. I've, mm-hmm. I've seen them in videos. I've listened to them on podcasts. And I've heard the way they talk and say things, and I like it. Yeah. And I think the the biggest challenge um, for a lot of the sort of old school ones is that, that, of course, you can trust particular journalists and their words. But when you're constantly sort of building a relationship, you might not be interested in in buying a car today, or you might, you know, have a company car, and you've been telling yourself for the last five years that you're going to buy yourself something yeah. to enjoy but you really don't know what it should be yeah and then there's so many niches now mm-hmm. you know where you can listen to like two guys who are talking and you know you think oh actually i quite like listening to this and all of a sudden sam says oh i'm really interested in xyz and that's the one i'm interested in and then he does a video on it and then he says this and then before you know it you're like well if I've watched him for a long time. Yeah. He seems... I don't need to go out and buy the magazine I was buying before, which no. might cover it at some point. I don't know. Yeah. And especially because you you might think, 
his character's like mine. Yeah. So if he says he likes it, then you're likely yeah. to like it. Um, which I think is the greatest challenge that faces a lot of. Uh... So there's the thing to take from this podcast. Miles made himself redundant. Yeah. Is the short way of saying it. I mean, I think it was the company, but <laughs> no, no, all your own fault, mate. Yeah, yeah I should have. Um, we should have been doing lower quality stuff. Yes, yeah. I'm sure there's some listeners like well, they do lower quality stuff anyway. Send the complaint in. <laughs> um, and also, just a, a thanks to the audience because you know everyone that listens, everyone that watches the views, uh, videos, and everyone that visits the website, and the feedback we get. That is what sort of keeps us when we do have crunch points, like at the minute where we're like, okay. We need to get some podcasts done so we can then concentrate on doing some other bits for the next few weeks. Yeah. And you've got family stuff, you know, because Christmas and mm-hmm. New Year's. And you, when you've got all those commitments all bundled into one, it does become a bit of a challenge to say, oh, should we go and do, should we go and lock ourselves in the office and, yeah. you know, get this podcast done? And it's like, yeah, let's, let's get it done because mm-hmm. we, we know we've got people that are, you know, intent on listening. They want to, consume the the the, um the content that we're doing yeah and they'd feel like you know we we will sort of um fulfill that need so yeah that's uh that's it for this week that's a wrap we shall um no doubt be back next week and uh hopefully there'll be some more car stories i'd like to do an episode on my car okay but i think it's got to do a bit of a balancing act because we'll also be doing videos on my car yeah and i don't want you don't want to repeat stuff. Yeah. And I also don't want to do something where I say, here, this. Yeah. And people are like, oh, something. I'm really looking forward to that video. When's it coming out? Oh, yeah. Well, we did that then, but that's not coming out for another month. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I want to try and make them so that they're in the same yeah. time thing. So anyway, thanks for listening, everyone. And we shall, uh, we'll catch you in the next one. Farewell. Farewell.